They're bad. They're boys. And occasionally, they talk about running. Yes, it's the Bad Boy Running Podcast with your hosts, Jody Rainsford and David Heller. Come back. Baby, come back. But the bye, 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 bye. But the bye, 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 bye. I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. So, do badders. We've got a story for you that we we someone like sometimes like to tell a story of someone who's who's really encountered something just exceptional on trail. There's what well, it's it's summed up fairly easily in that Rachel was chased by a bear and had to deal with that overnight. So we've got her on the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, the lovely Rachel Smith. Hey! How are you doing? <laughs> Good, thank you. <laughs> <What> a lovely <laughs> intro. Well, I mean, let's because um, let's let's start from the beginning, shall we? I mean, what's what's your relationship with running prior to this? I started running competitively in seventh grade. Um, joined the cross country team at my high school, and our high school was super small, so was me and two other girls <laughs> and running... top three already <laughs> yeah exactly already get a podium brilliant <laughs> and running to me was always something that was the sprinkle on top of everything because it wasn't something that took up my whole life but I always loved doing it I was always focused more on like school and um I was also on like a soccer team, but in the 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 spring I would do track. My friend is taking the exam and I'm like way too loud. (laughs) (laughs) The exam's not important. This is more important. (laughs) Yeah. And so I I ran track in um the spring and I always like it was a big part of me up until like I tore my ACL my senior year and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not going to do running in college. Like, I don't think this is going to be me or what I want to do. And then um, my coach here at St. Michael's college reached out to me and was like, Hey, you know, like I heard, like I've looked at your results in the past and she wanted me for skiing for nordic skiing because that was that was like a bigger aspect um and i was kind of nervous because uh, it's a d1 skiing and i was like why would she still want me like even though i'm injured and most of the other like coaches from other schools had were just like okay yeah nope they stopped reaching out after they figured out i was injured and um my coach Molly I love her to bits and she just was like okay you know what like I want to see you in person like you should come to St. Mike's and I took a tour and I loved it and then as like a free sort of like resequent thing she is like okay if you run um, cross country and you Nordic ski then you do them together that's just what it is like all of the um, Nordic skiers that are uh, the female Nordic skiers on my team are also cross-country runners. And 
she because she's the coach of both teams, which is really convenient. So it works both <laughs> ways. The schedules don't overlap. And ever since I um, joined college, like I really started to put more time into running because I mean, I was running on a pair of like Nike free runs that I thought were super pretty. And I never had a, a like a running watch in my life. I just used like my phone and I showed up to the first day of practice. Everyone has like super nice, like Brooks. And, I, and I'm looking down at my like pretty like pink like Nike free runs and I'm like oh boy like we're gonna go on a like a three mile run and like all right first day easy easy six mile run um we're gonna be out for like an hour like we're gonna be doing like uh maybe nine minute nice and slow and I was like oh gosh and the first day I threw up everywhere <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, is, I was like, is is running really for me? And then, I, you know, I surprised my coach because even though I wasn't good at long distances, like I could do perform really well in in our races. And it's just like it was just like falling in love all over again when you cross the finish line and everyone you just feel so accomplished. So then, like running just became something that I looked forward to instead of like using it as like a purpose to train and it just like obviously the, the runner's high it makes you feel good about yourself um and I had never like summer trained before like always in high school I I, I just like stopped what I was doing I usually go to a summer like a summer camp that would do um deep woods experiences which um Adirondack Woodcraft camps and and they really that's where I learned most of my tools like how to survive in the woods um but then when I started to go to college, I was training over the summer and no one else in my town, like I said, my cross country team in high school was three girls. So there was no one to run with in my mm. town. So I, I've always run by myself and I've never had any problems with it. Um, I know all the trails, like the back of my hand. And when I say like, I'm going to this place, it's, it's a, it's a small town, but it's, it's big woods. So and All to get a sense, like... to get a sense of where in America this is, because um, not everyone listening will have the the greatest geography of you know east west coast <laughs> locations. Where wh I mean, how would you describe where your town is? Okay, um, yeah, because you see, I would say the Adirondacks, but not everyone would know where the Adirondacks are. Um, to put this in perspective, it's upper upstate New York towards Canada so up north it's the winters are crazy long probably from November to um we still have snow in like April um and it's just there's no there's no cell phone service for most of the time the nearest hospital is an hour away the nearest vet's an hour away everything's an hour away and the main use of transportation besides car is snowmobile um it's just super, there's no like big towers or buildings. Like there's not no Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts. It's just like very, very rural. Just like the middle, like if I was to describe where it was the, the middle of Timbuktu, just like no one knows where it is. And it's just like a small isolated, like woodsy area with lots of lakes and mountains. And it's very beautiful. If, if you want to get away someplace, it's, it's, known for a tourist uh, and a, appeal and it like, bears 
bears kind of a, a consideration in, say, you're a hiker going for a, a hike. Is it something that you'd always be aware of? You know, would school, school children be taught if you go into the woods today, that type of thing? Or is it something that is still quite rare that you wouldn't necessarily have it at the back of your mind? It's not rare. Um, all the all the time in the newspaper, there's pictures of bears like getting into people's car or the trash. And I've had a bear in my garage before. There's black bears um, all over. But the thing, like if you're going hiking um, in the High Peaks region, which is just a little bit more north of me, you typically people have what's called a bear bell, and it's just like a little jingly. Um, bell that you put on your backpack so you jingle as you mm. hike because black bears are when you're taught when you're little like if if you see a black bear you act big you yell you scream they are more scared of you than you are of them and that has been pounded in my head since I was younger so it's just like you you see a bear but it's not immediate um, it's, it's you shouldn't be completely like freaked out because they are the, their instinct is not not to attack attack you which is surprising for my case which is why i was so freaked it's, out it sounds it sounds horrific um from a perspective of if you've never been in that well we're we're, we're in the uk like the worst we get is a slightly angry fox on a trail who, you know, and, that, and that's about <laughs> it, or, or, a, or a cow that refuses to move or something like that. We, we kind of, we don't deal with it. The idea that the first time you come across a bear, you have to do something that is so against all your instincts mm. of making noise, trying to be bigger than it. it, it does, I mean, that in and of itself, that feels like a very scary thing to have to, to to have to process it's, and i suppose there's a there's a big gap between knowing that's the right thing to do and then actually doing it when you're in that situation yeah had you had it before uh, where you'd run across a bear on, on a path you know had had you experienced this previously no um i've never had it when i was running um the only instance of instances i've had with bears is on like i'm on a camping trip and we hear like uh, we usually have to set up what's called a bear bag and you put all your food there tracks to get the scent of food so you put all your food mm. in a bag and you have to take a rope with like tie like a like a water bottle around it and throw it and swing it up over a tree so you can hang your your food up where bears can't typically grab them oh um, right yeah okay oh okay yeah and so how big how big would put, they get oh gosh uh, like I don't even know how to describe the, uh, the size because the, surprisingly the, the females are the big, the bigger ones. Because um, I used to watch a TV show called Gen, uh, Gentle Ben when I was Gentle younger. Gentle Ben, wow. Yeah. You're, showing your age, you're showing your age there. <laughs> and that bear seems huge. I mean, woods, because I, I never remember what the, the real difference between a brown and a black bear is. Would, would a bear, for example, if it was fully stood up, what kind of size height would it, would it get to? I'd say like six feet. Okay. Up six yeah. feet. Yeah. Whoa. And probably like over they're over two hundred and fifty, three hundred pounds easily. 
So when when did you first like, realise there was it, a bear? Is this, is it, just it's not just bears though, is it? Like that's the thing. Like isn't there like other wildlife as well? That you know, it's not just like bears are just one of the things you have to deal with. What mm -hmm. isn't there like lo loads of other dangerous wildlife that you have to contend with as well in that area? Um, I guess the other major thing that you have to worry about, I would say more than bears would be coyotes because they don't they don't care. You can scream as much as you want. Those things are basically rabid. Um, oh, and they? they're they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Get... They're they're small, but they're mm -mm. yeah. They're Again, nasty. I think our perception of coyotes has been um, uh, somewhat <laughs> somewhat diluted by the fact that the only coyote I know is the one from Roadrunner. And you know, like I, I wouldn't, I would have no idea what a real coyote would actually look like. Yeah, let alone mm -hmm. how to deal with it. It's although to be fair, that coyote was pretty resourceful. I mean, he, he always <laughs> failed. He always failed. But you sense that, like this guy, he's got good planning skills. He just got unlucky. He never out. The thing is, he never tried to outrun Roadrunner. He was clever in that respect. Yeah. So, but so, but how do you do it? So, just as a, as a piece of public information for anyone that is out there and has to deal with a coyote, how how do you deal with coyotes then? If 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 bears, you have to scare. What do you have to outrun a coyote? A pistol. <laughs> a pistol. Okay. <laughs> Roadrunner should there's have done no that all along. There's no about shooting them. Oh, is there yeah. not? There's no. Yeah, there's no uh, laws about like not shooting them because they're they're everywhere. They're like squirrels. Um, the same with deer, but deer are, are fine. You can walk up to it. I I like people feed the deer in my town all the time. Deer. You, those are probably the most common things I run into when I'm on a run. But yeah. when you're on a run, you usually won't run into coyotes because they are nocturnal and you're not going for a run in the in the middle of the night. So they they stay dormant during the day. So I have, I don't think, I can't remember the last time that I've known someone that's run into a coyote or a situation where there's like multiple of them. Um, but the I guess the most common form of wildlife that I run into is deer, and they are just like. Really, they just gallop away, very calm and nice. And if if you're so if you're if there's a very real possibility, either as a hiker or as a runner, you're going to come across this 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 kind of wildlife. And and forgive my ignorance here as a British person asking this of an American. Would it be normal for someone to carry a gun in that situation, or is that hurt of carrying a gun on a run? Um, I think not necessarily in the Adirondack region like um upstate new york is definitely more in the western part of the united states okay. there you you have you should carry a gun on you because like compared to uh wyoming like the wildlife in the adirondack park is not nearly it's 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 a grizzly bear compared to a black bear to put that in perspective um so it's it's I've never had to carry a weapon while I run. I've never felt the need to carry a weapon while nice. I run. Um, and uh, like, I, I've never even had my phone on me when I run because there's no cell phone service anyways. So there right. would just be no point. And, and when did you first become aware of the bear then? Did you, did, was it suddenly you're in deep shit or did you suspect <laughs> there was something nearby? Um, well, what had happened was as I was on my run, it was, it was later in the evening. Um, 
it was like like kind of like foggy, rainy. Like I had my I had my rain jacket on and I had taken it off because it was like humid. I'd taken off my rain jacket. I'd taken off my shirt, so I was just running in like my sports bra, and it was kind of like like a foggy kind of evening vibe. I don't really know how to explain it. And um, on the snowmobile trails, there was like a like a rounding kind of turn, um, and as I like crested over the hill and I'm moving at like a steady, probably like nice, slow L1 um, over distance pace. And I crested over the hill. And as I got to the top, there was like a slight like downhill. And so it was the minute I crested, it was just like, oh, okay, there's two cubs. Um, let me, let me turn around. Like I'll just head back home early. It's fine. And cubs harmless. Like, like I said before, you scream and they run away. Mm. I turned around and that's when I was looking back at mama. And that was like, oh, shit. Like, oh, God. And I, so I was like, okay, I can't go backwards because that's where her babies are. And if she sees me running towards them. She's going to see me as a threat. And mm. I can't run past her because she's already on guard because she has her cubs um and how far behind so, you know how, how far away was she at this stage um oh gosh uh, i i probably like 10 feet like she was in easy like and they're sprinting they're sprinting speed like they have a lot of power so i was like if i tried to go on either side of the trail because the trail was pretty like it's a snowmobile trail it's not that wide um i it would be hard to like avoid her so I just booked it left and I just went left and was like trying to clap and like make like loud noises in hopes of trying to um shake her trying to like get her like oh she just I'm gonna go for my babies instead like I'm gonna protect them but that's why I was just so unbelievably frustrated and confused because it was every time I like would look back like keep on looking back it was just like 10 feet just thrashing like just thrashing I'm like what what is going on like why am I being like it felt like I was being hunted like it was just like every time I would like slow down or get stuck between like a marsh or get stuck in because this is thick woods that usually like if you were back like making your own trail bushwhacking as we call it you would take a machete with you to clear the the trees and I didn't, obviously I didn't have that. Um, and it's, it's dark, can't really see. So every time I would get into a situation where it was like a marsh or some, like a thick spruce pine tree, and I had to like push my way through, I could just hear the thrashing. And eventually it was so dark that I could, that was all I could hear was just like big, like movements. And so everyone um, was like, oh, like, was she like right there, right there? I'm like, well, no, because I'm faster than than her in in the woods because she's mm. on all fours and I'm on my two legs and I can like move it along. And she's going, we're going long distance. I mean, I was looking at my Garmin later that night, um, and I realized I'd probably gone about from where I where she started to where I ended a couple a couple miles, which is absurd. Oh, wow. absolutely absurd there's no way 
that she should have been following me. There's just absolutely no way that they should have been doing that. As the time that I'm screaming, yelling, clapping, banging on trees, falling, just like I, I, I was just like screaming like why? Like and do you think why if it would, isn't she running away from me? If it was a note, do you think if it had been more open, she'd have just got you? Then was that almost protecting you the difficulty of of moving through? Yeah, I, I um. I don't know because I'd like to I'd like to have some trust in myself that I am fast <laughs> and if I'm gonna die like in, in like a life or death situation that I could have but I mean I don't know I, I just genuinely don't know and and at what point because with with that long a distance you know you have this initial adrenaline rush and then mm. th- there must come a point where you you almost change your your physiology your psychology as well because you're suddenly your body is used to this bear chasing you your adrenaline being up and you you change from that flight or fright mode into just like christ this is just constant constant now like what yeah. did did you notice uh like how did that feel and like is that something that actually happens or are you constantly absolutely buzzed um, it hit me when I hit a, a, a stream body of water and I knew I was like, she, they, they don't, they're not past swimmers. And I was like, I'm either, I, and I had to like, kind of like think for it, like, you know, think for a second. And I like, was like wading through a Creek and I realized like, as I like looked up because the Creek was more open that I could like see into the tree line. And I could see like a tree that was like kind of like V-shaped and there was like a bunch of like smaller trees around this. And I look and I'm looking around me and my, that was the only like perception of like vision I had because it was so dark that only the light of like the sunset had illuminated the tops of the trees. And I was like, okay, like you start questioning like when that that type of thing is just like, I'm ta- I, I was talking out loud to myself, like, mm. come on, like please like please let me like let me live like and I see like I said like I see this tree and I'm like that's it like that's something that I can use that's something I can do because I can't run it I can't I can't run anymore I I just can't and you switch into that like frantic like <gasps> to like okay let's think here like let's let's go let's go and I remember telling myself like I I can't cry because I need that water if I'm going to survive um I had like I had already pissed my pants because you know like you're scared mm. shitless and I see like there's a bunch of these like little little trees and I'm like okay this is it I used those little trees to climb up into the like the the tree that had split into two and that was probably about like 15, 20 feet in the air. And on my way up, I made sure to crush everything underneath me so that she, I, I was like, okay, she, there's no way that she's going to come up here. There's just no way. Um, and that was like, okay, I, I, you know what, I guess I'm staying the night here in a tree. <laughs> and because cause I've... Um... I don't know a huge amount about bears or, or ways to defend yourself against them, but 
I've always been led to believe that bears are actually surprisingly good at climbing trees. Is is that something that is that something you would led to believe previously as well, or was that a concern? Yes, and that's most of the reason why a lot of people are saying like, "Oh, this is fake. Like bears can climb trees better than you can." And I was like, "Why do you think that I went for that tree?" There was nothing for it to grip onto. Why do you, like, I saw that tree and that was like my glimmer of hope. And even though the tree was super, like, it was just a split, like a split V that I could put one leg in and stand on one leg and then rotate on the other leg or koala hug the tree. I was like, if I have, I'm already up here. If it, even if she tries to climb, I'm going to throw everything I have at her which I ended up doing, uh, my sports bra that I was wearing, any sticks that I could grab. Because once, once you were up there, what could, did, did you then see what the, what, what, what did the bear do and, and, and how close had she been? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So by the time that I had gotten in the tree, which took a little bit, um, that gave her enough time to catch up to me. Um, sorry. <laughs> That's right. And and what was what was her reaction then? Did, could you, because did you get a sense of of her mood? Is that such a thing? Or um, uh, since it had already been dark at that point, the only thing that you can see is is from um, you know, when you shine like a light at in a cat's mm. eye and it does that glimmer of like reflection. That was the only thing that I could see. So that was very. Oh God, that's gonna be. I thought because I got even worse than yeah. seeing the bear, right? Yeah, because that was the only thing that I could see was, and I knew she had been trying to like stand up on her legs, trying to you know like see what's going on, and I was just like, what the, bleep? like what? Are you kidding me? Like, wh- why? Like this doesn't make any sense. I do not understand. And I, it, so it would be, she would like stretch up on her, her leg up towards the tree. And as I said, I was like 15 feet up. There's no way that she, unless she went the same way I could, but she couldn't because she's a like 300 something, I don't know, pound bear. Can't mm. use the little trees to get up to where I was. And eventually like I, I couldn't see anything anymore because it was raining so hard and so dark. That I don't even know. I don't even know when she left because it was raining so hard. I couldn't hear anymore, like walking. Um, but I, I, time was, was non-existent. And it's just like, I don't remember the time. I don't remember. And what goes, what goes through your head? Um, what kind of thoughts? Because you know, is, is life in slow motion? Do you, know, do you think about your future, your past or? Oh, of course I was thinking about like what was the last thing I ate what was the last thing I said to my mom like what what you know I I was in a very rough spot before all this happened um in terms of mental illness and I was like is this a sign that that I should keep living or is this a sign that I should have that I should have done what I was gonna do like it's just you know, you start questioning, it's a whole philosophical kind of just mind, like a mind-bending 
experience. I don't, I don't even know how to explain it. You start thinking like, what, what am I going to, how are, what are they going to do for my funeral? Like, um, and those thoughts didn't come until after I realized I'm like, okay, I'm staying, I'm staying here. How am I going to keep warm? How am I going to plan out in the morning? I know I came from the West. I have the East and the sunrise in the East. So that's where I'm going to run. Um, it, and I had to, it was obviously it was freezing and I had thrown my sports bra off, off myself and my shoes at the bear. Um, so I, I had to put, I had my shirt and my jacket tighter on my waist because I had gotten hot earlier. Mm. So I was able to put that back on. And since I was so cold, I had to keep on thinking about how to stay warm and not fall asleep because if you fall asleep when you're cold, you can not wake up in hypothermia. So I had my like nose tucked into my shirt, kind of like breathing into it as a source of heat. And I would have to hit my legs to make sure that they didn't freeze. And I would rotate, I would focus on like, okay, I've been on this leg for long enough. I got to rotate to my other leg and then I got to rotate into hugging the tree. So what, um, what, what position are you in then? Oh, so it was just like, it wasn't a tree that you could sit in. It, I was mm. standing upright um, with, if I wasn't like using my thighs and my, my biceps to grip the tree, I would stand on one one leg and grip it with the other leg and hold it like that with my arm and then switch. And that's just how I stayed was just rotating from one leg to another and then uh, koala hugging and just kept on switching like that. There was no chance of sitting, no chance of rest. It was just just so like, so oh God, when is the sun going to come up? So your your body's tense the whole time, then essentially. Yeah. You're just in this, you, 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 yeah. there's no, there's just no element of relax. And then when, at what point then did you know, like David was saying that you know you obviously got the adrenaline and, and everything else. Did was there a point at which all of a sudden there was a like a, a big come down from that, or 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 or, or that you was a wave of emotion or, or or something like that? Was there a a, a, like a very different sense of I'm I'm in a different position now, or or did that adrenaline just basically stay there the whole time you were you were up that tree? I didn't cry until I was found the next right. day. I it it was just like I was in survival mode, and anything I could and do and remember that I needed to survive. It the shift what the shift was was when I realized when the sun was coming up that it wasn't staying in the tree anymore. It was, I have no idea where I am. I just know town is east. How am I going to get back? Where are my shoes? What, what, what am I, I have to make sure that I know any bodies of water. I need to know what, what was the, what can I remember from the trail of how I, I am going to get back? So it was, it was not until the sun had come up and I was warming up because I had, I had been shivering and tensing that mm. when the sun hit me and it obviously was wet from the rain of the night before, um, that when the sun hit me, there was steam coming off of me because that was the, that was, I was that cold. I was like defrosting essentially. And, and do you, did you get a sense of where, 
where the bear was throughout the night and and do you was there was there a point that you you felt the bear had gone but you couldn't be sure or could you see that it was still there for quite some time yeah so like i said earlier it was raining like pretty hard so um and with a lot of like leaves on trees it sounds like like constant like white noise so i it was it was like how you said like i i wasn't sure if she was gone but i was positive because i didn't hear she wasn't she only went up the tree like once or but i i attempted she didn't but um and then after that it just felt like circling and then nothing like it just like faded out and i couldn't pinpoint when but let me tell you, when I woke up in the morning, I wasn't walking back. No way. I was running, um, just in case. And so then when, when the morning came, I mean, what? how did you feel then? Um, well, I couldn't stop shivering. Um, and I was trying to, like, warm myself up because I was, I was so cold. Um, and my first thought was, how the heck am I going to get out of this tree? Um, and I did not do that very well. I fell straight on my butt and hurt my knee and knocked the wind out of me. And I was like, oh, God, okay. Well, that was a wake-up call. And I guess adrenaline from falling out of the tree, I was just like, I didn't even feel it. I didn't even feel it. I was just like, I, I took my jacket. And I tied it around my chest as like a makeshift sports bra. I found my shoes, and I was like, "Okay, sun, sun and rise in the east." And I, from the night that the night, um, I remember seeing a helicopter in the distance that was looking for me, and obviously way, way, way too far away. But I'm like, "Okay, that means they're looking for me around. That's where town is." And I heard that they sent off the siren. Uh, in the morning, so I went uh, heading towards the siren. So everything was just focusing on getting getting back to town. And and when had your your roommates and housemates realized then that something was awry? Well, here's the thing: is like I always make sure I tell my mom, okay, I'm going for a run. I'm leaving at seven. I'll be back around eight, and I'm running in the trails. And I always do that. I always tell her where I'm going, how I'm going to be back. And when it hit 8.30, my mom immediately called called the police and was like, my daughter's not here. And they're like, hey, like, maybe you're just confused. Like, maybe she's at a friend's house. Like, maybe she stopped and, and like, got some water. She's like, nope. My daughter tells me when she's coming, when she's going to be back. She's not home. We need people, like, like, I need help. And it was i didn't i didn't think i thought it was just going to be like my family looking for me um but the whole town had gathered search parties for me and it was just like what like i went from a place thinking that no one had like i didn't like my, i would be you know i didn't matter and having people be like yeah oh my god i was so worried about you like I was I was I was in shock. I was like, you you came looking for like what? And 
they were checking all the, apparently my mom didn't know I was talking about the snowmobile trail system. And there was a lot of surface area to cover because there's hiking trails, there's ski trails, there's mm. all sorts of trails. So everyone had to split up and, and look someplace. So. And was, who, who's the first person you saw then when you finally emerged? So I, I, w- I made it almost back to my house. I was running and I was only one mile away from home. I would have, if, if there was, because there was cars on, like people were in cars looking for me and a car caught me running barefoot across. I popped out like right off of the, the snowmobile trail that leads into the main road. And I was like, oh my God, I'm almost home. I'm almost home. Like I'm, I'm there. And a couple of my friends from high school had pulled over and was just like, oh my God, like get in the car, like just get in the car. And it was just like, you know, like I said, like a bunch of old high school friends that that were just so, I, I, I was in I started crying. I was like, oh my God, it's over. <laughs> and um, and how, how long did it take you to, I guess process what's happened then. Oh God, um, I, I, I mean, because I had to be, I had to be shipped to the hospital um, because of the fact that when I fell out of the tree, I had an acute meniscus tear. I was covered in rashes and scrapes from running through the brush, and from gripping the constant tension in the tree caused uh, what's called rhabdomyolysis, um, which is basically your muscles releasing an enzyme from overuse, which can be toxic to your kidneys and to your liver. So I had to stay in the hospital overnight to flush out all of the toxins in my system. Um, And I was, Luckily, they, they I was staying with another like another woman that was in there for a separate reason, and that was nice. I said that because no no one could come visit me because of COVID, so at least I wasn't alone. But I don't think it sunk in until um, I made it home from the hospital the day afterwards. But it, in terms of because um, we've we've been messaging for. Well, since then, which was obviously mm-hmm. you know, a sub- substantial period of time now, um, or half a year, three quarters of a year. Um, and and one of the things you had said was, because it, it seemed as if you were finding it hard to really come to terms with what had happened and, and weren't really, didn't really want to be having to talk about it. And, and is... Do you think you had anything like PTSD, and and did, did like how deeply did it affect you, and and how have you dealt with that? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I had already been seeing uh, a counselor before, but they had to shift me to a psychologist that specializes in PTSD, uh, mainly because of the nightmares. That was the worst part, because. Um, you know, during the day, it would be, I would repress it. Just very easy to repress. I don't have, I wouldn't have any very easy triggers because, you know, like it, it's daytime, but 
mm-hmm. um, looking in, in, looking in, like it would be, I would be driving, like sitting in a friend's car and it would be nighttime and I would like look outside and I would be like, oh my God, oh my God. Okay, we're just going to make it home. We're going to make it home. Or um, someone would have like a, a commercial with like a bear in it and I would just be like sitting there going, oh God, like just like afterwards, but that would, wouldn't be the main part. And I mean, running, I, I haven't run alone. Um, like in, like I can't even... I always run with someone now, basically, because it's just, or if I run by myself, it's always early in the morning or like it's bright day out, but um, I've had to go through, you know, hypnosis and all different types of uh, different ways of coping because it's not something that I, I, that comes into my mind every two seconds, but when it does, it's just crippling. It's just, just the it's like the feeling of fear it's the feeling of of I'm gonna die and it's just like waking up in the in the middle of the night and luckily I haven't you know ever since I would probably say the new year I haven't had any any terrible um nightmares but which has which has been excellent and it's become easier to talk about and every time I talk about it I I feel better and feel more comfortable with it um but it's definitely not something that's easy to think about every time is is there an element at all of you know, you were having these thoughts when when it was happening um and you know thinking about survival and everything is there any element are you know now looking back on it thinking just in terms of how how incredible you were in those moments in in, in the you know the choices you made you know around survival and the things you did which which kept you alive do you do you, do you look at yourself in a, in a, in, a, in a positive way in, in that respect do you, did you surprise yourself or, or 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 is your relationship with yourself a little bit more complicated than that and you know always you know, it's still too 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 early to, to to make a judgment on that i think one thing that um in terms of like looking back at it, it was more of a a wake up call than anything because before that I had been in like a really not a good spot and um, was having a really like awful relationship with um, food and exercise to the point where I was just like not very like malnourished and was super duper just not in the right state with that and if I hadn't like seeked out um, a dietitian right before everything would have happened and put on a good amount of weight and got back into health like being healthy I probably would have died in that tree froze to death passed out of hypothermia because I, I, I wasn't eating enough and so thinking and then like just thinking back it's like that that instance kind of saved my life in a little bit that I can't keep like I need to survive like I need to live like this is a sign that I need to keep going um that I I kind of like these are the things that you took for granted and it's showing me like these are all the like you said like you look at your your aspects of yourself and I was like 
these are parts of me that keep me going and keep me living. So I'm hoping that these positive aspects will continue to help me in my life to, to survive, to live. I was going to say, you know, that, yeah, you've been through horrific experience and you say that, you know, the more that you talk about it, actually, it does help. But do you find that sometimes mm -hmm. there's this, you know, there's this kind of this glib element to it is the fact that, you know, there's this headline of, you know, um, uh, a woman runs from a bear has to you know, hide in a tree. It sounds, you know, it sounds like a, a, a kind of a fun story. Um, but then when it actually comes down to it, like looking at the you know, what you've gone through is, is it like a horrific experience? Do you, do you find that people sometimes approach you with this, uh, you know, in, it, without realizing like the severity of what really happened? Because it just, it, it's the headline of it, you know, we've been taught, you know, through social media and everything that, you know, you can't like these like clickbaity headlines that, you know, um, that, that, that doesn't really tell much of the story, but do, do people approach you in that way and they, don't fully appreciate the the sort of the trauma that you've gone through yeah um it's it's weird because people literally like approach me as the bear girl or the girl that ran away from the bear and come up to me and they think like you said they think it's like this epic like story that i'm going to tell them and i'm like um like I'm not really comfortable with that. Like, I don't really feel like, cause it'll be people that I don't really know that well, or I'm yeah. not that close to. And they, mm. they're like, yeah, like we want to hear it. Like you fought this bear. I'm like, whoa, like, why are my words uh, fought? Like what, like what's going on? And like, you, I'm just, you know, I have to brush it off because I don't want to be like, yeah, like, duh, like I'm so cool. Like, so yeah. I'm just like no, like, I really don't feel comfortable talking about that right now. Like it'll just ruin the whole mood. Like if I'm having a good conversation with someone and someone's like, yeah, like, yeah. So I heard about this thing, like, you know, last summer. And I was like, like, oh boy, okay. Like, no, don't really feel comfortable talking about that right now. Thanks. Let's continue on to what we were talking about before that I was actually interested in. I think unless you've really experienced trauma yourself, it's hard to actually appreciate how much that one situation can reverberate for a long time afterwards and it, and even things like PTSD that isn't a, a a phrase that would be applied to circumstances outside war until relatively recently um like do, do you when you because you know we found out about this story because of runners world i mean is yeah. Do you, does it frustrate you that you've, your experiences has been reduced down to clickbait? So what had happened, sorry, this is just like really frustrating because when I was in the hospital, there was news channels trying to get inside the hospital wanting to speak to me. And I'm like, do you not have any respect? Like, and then the next, it was just like days and days and days afterwards of people just reaching out, like, we want to hear your story, we want to hear your story. And Runner's World was the only one that reached out to me in, in an aspect that was through, they went through my, my college. Mm. And then my coach contacted me 
so it was a more of like a sensitive thing like oh you know like we have you very more comfortable felt almost like a counselor based thing and it was much easier to talk to them than people like okay so tell us about the part that you took off your sports bra and you were shirtless in the tree like just tell I'm like like um you didn't want to hear the part about like it just I don't mm. even I don't even know and and so runner's world was the only one that I did and I was like that's it that's the only one I'm doing I'm not talking to anyone else for a while and then you guys reach out to me and I was like maybe when I'm Maybe I'll talk about it again when I'm when I'm feeling better. And and do you think from you know, having spoken to psychologists and from how things have changed so far, mm-hmm. do you think you will reach a point where this will no longer cast a shadow over you? I hope so. I hope so because the I, I love going camping and hiking. And being like nightlife in the woods is is amazing. You know, when you're in a place that there's no light pollution and you can look up at the stars and see every constellation, you want to take in that moment every second. But if you're paralyzed by fear that there's something in the dark waiting for you, Mm. you can't do that anymore. And I just hope that, like, you know, I, I, I won't know until I'm in a situation. I just hope that, Right now, you know, it's not consuming me like at night as much as it, it is. And I just hope that it'll just lessen and lessen and lessen over time. And not any new incident will spur it or spike it again. But, you know, that's that's not up for me to, to decide yet. That's and, and are you already, are you planning, are you, are you planning smaller incursions into woods and running a little bit further by yourself or... Is that something that you're you you think would help? Um, definitely, I have been working like I can ski by myself. I don't know. I work my brain works in weird ways, but I can manage mm. to ski by myself, um, which I have no problem. I have no problem doing um, running. If I run by myself, it has to be in the in the daytime, absolutely like bright and early. Like there's no way that the sun is going to set mm. before so you, I run. Is is it is is that is that your subconscious? That's, do you think is it that that brain associ- link association, or, or is is that a conscious decision that that you've made? Like, do, do you do you feel that from a what's the best way to to reword this? Sorry, Nick. I'll, I'll think of a better way to question us on that. Um, and is is that something that you're you've consciously decided, or is it the fact that subconsciously, when you are in the dark, that feeling just emerges and overwhelms you more? I think it works in both ways. That unconsciously, like I'm like, okay, no, I can't, I can't do that. Like it's the, like unconsciously telling me you are going to be scared if you do that. So then consciously, I'm like, okay, I'm going to make sure that that doesn't happen. So I'm going to run at this time. And does it, is the association with running, has that in any way affected how you feel about running in general and how, mm. and, and your relationship with running? Or can you, have you been able to compartmentalize it? That that was running in the wood at that particular time, but I can, I still, you know, I still feel okay with running in, in, in different situations. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I've definitely compartmentalized. Like I've only run on roads. Um, I haven't run in any sort of trail or wood situation by myself. And if I did, if I've done it, it's with a big group of people in the middle of the day, but mm. I have not run by myself in the woods since that day. It would be interesting to see if you were, say you, you were in the UK and you then know there are no bears in the UK. Um, whether that, you know, that would allow you to, you know, start running in circumstances that you wouldn't have otherwise or whether it's just ingrained in you now mm -hmm. yeah i think one of the triggers that we identified was just um looking into the looking into the forest and it's just you can't see past mm. a certain point mm. um but I, I mean yeah i don't know i've never been to the uk so <laughs> i mean it would be nice try that and be like okay look look there's no reason to be afraid but mm. it might just be ingrained into my being now and and one thing as i say that you know for for the trauma that you've gone through actually the you you did so many things right in that situation like everything went right in terms of um the way that you responded to it the way that you you know you protected yourself and the way that you you had that routine of, of making sure that you spoke to your mum every day, because so many times we mm. hear like similar situations. So, you know, for the one the one day that I didn't tell my friends where I was, that was the day that I went out and something happened or everything. But all of those things sort of conspired to make sure that you you got through that situation. You 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 know, you were a I mean, it, it seems weird saying everything went right, but it yeah, it, it feels like that from what from what you've been saying. Do you do you see it that way at all? <laughs> um, I mean, there was a lot of things that went wrong um, that I couldn't control, and the things that did go right, I was you know obviously I was talking to my mom about this, and we've always said that there's a guardian angel watching over us, and that that guardian angel was was with me and making sure that I did all those things right and that things went the way that they did but um as a, <laughs> my friends like to say you were the luckiest unlucky person ever <laughs> mm, yeah. yeah yeah it's exactly that isn't it that balance and and something we mentioned before the interview started because when I was going back to remind myself of the full details of the story I went on Google to look at the Runners World article and uh, Let's Run came up which we know is a you know just a bed of people trying to troll everyone and and, and call out any kind of achievement or any kind of sensational story as, as just being unfeasible I mean is is that something you've been aware of and and have you know, have people lack compassion and also, you know, tried to punch holes in, in what's happened? Yeah, so I haven't looked for it myself, obviously, because mm. I, I don't want nothing to do with that. I don't want to see clickbait. I don't want to know. Like, it makes me cringe sometimes when I like, oh, my gosh, my school took the article of Runner's World and posted it everywhere. And I was like, oh god like 
okay mm. and um do, do you know why that was still for that was because they wanted to get st mike's known they wanted to for people to because we're a smaller private college and they're like look look at this amazing like student athlete that we have wow and but you know that the problem then was because it was still fresh it was august mm. it was it was still august and it happened in august and so it was just like way too soon but regardless even before that i people wouldn't personally come up to me but they would come up to and they would come and attack my family they would there was one person that went up to my youngest sister in school found a video of a bear climbing a tree showed it to her face and went your sister's a liar look at this bear climbing this tree and then um there was a there was a i'm i'm not on facebook and my friends were fighting people on facebook because they're like oh she probably was just drinking in the woods with her friends and didn't want to get in trouble and i'm like okay then why were all my friends looking for me why would i tell my mom i'm coming back at this time like it just doesn't make any sense but the biggest accusation that people had told me that was that I was uh, sexually assaulted or raped and I created this story to cover like a person was like gonna say they were gonna kill my family if I didn't if I didn't say that and it just the biggest factor is like why would I tell my mom I'm coming back in an hour like if I didn't want people to know where I was like it just it it was just I, I don't I don't feel the need to argue with everyone. So I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't care. But don't attack my family. Don't attack my mom. Don't attack my sister. Like, just don't. Like, talk to yourselves. I don't care if you're all on, like, 40, 40 year old middle aged men arguing on some sort of website. Like, I don't care. <laughs> and and do you, has it changed your view on humanity? Humanity is cruel in itself. Um, not everyone is going to. Not everyone's going to want to support you, and it's just really kind of heartbreaking to think that no matter what, there's going to be someone that just doesn't doesn't want to support you, doesn't want to believe you, just wants to hate. You. Like there's just people that like to hate, and it's just really frustrating to see that. I think as well that even in you know, the last ten years, that the growth in the power of conspiracy theories and the the, the thoughts of anti-vaxxers, the anti-establishment, people are now almost being educated and trained and then rewarded for thinking that whatever is presented to them isn't true and there's a, a sinister or there's a, a clever or subtle reason behind the truth that only they can unlock because they're the the intelligent one and i guess that's my fear is that we're just becoming so skeptical and um and almost wearing that as this badge of honor that we're better than anyone else yeah it doesn't make you a better person to be like i don't even know how to word this like it doesn't make you a better person by being better than everyone else like that just makes you worse trying to dominate others in terms of um social status or intelligence like just trying to dominate over someone that just goes to 
prove to you that your moral compass is wrong. And have you got any advice for people out there who've been through their own traumatic experiences or who've had to, you know, had had something that have actually stopped them being able to have the same relationship with running that they would have done previously? I guess for people that have been through a situation like that, I think the biggest thing is to start small. Like if you run in head first, like, all right, you know what? I'm going to run right back on that trail, like the same, the same one. And I'm going to running by myself. Like, of course, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Start small and work with people. Definitely work with people. People, you know, we were talking about how some people are just intrinsically like to hate, but there's people that people love to help other people. And so if you tell someone like, hey, like, you know what, I'm feeling like I want to try to go on a hike today. You want to come with me? Then you're, A, you're sharing something that you, you love to, you used to or love to do. And B, someone is getting that feeling that they're helping you. So start out, I think the biggest thing is start out small and ask people for help. Well, we've, we've got a few questions from the podcast. Mm -hmm. Just uh, We may have incorporated quite a few of them already. Um, <sighs> one of them is, one of them is from Fee. So in your experience now, would you say that uh, bear bells actually work? You know, if, do, you, do you feel that there's things you could have, <laughs> you know, like had, if you'd have gone out with a bear bell, would this have been a different story, do you think? Or? No, that's a, that's. That's the one thing that just was like running through my head. Was like, what the heck? Because even though a mama bear is going to be more ferocious than in front of her cubs than just like a random alone bear, the fact that I was screaming, yelling, clapping, just like making as much noise as possible, trying to make myself big, should have scared, scared them away. Should have worked. They didn't. And, you know, it could have been that the bear had, maybe she had um, rabies or some sort of other um, physiological issue or that affected her mental state. But I, I mean, I don't, I don't know that. I don't know. Or maybe that she felt so threatened by me that she felt like she needed to attack me to protect her cubs. But I, I don't think a bear bell, like if my voice, obviously me screaming, it's going to be louder than a bear bell, but the bear bell, is the, the, bear, the point of the bear bell is that a bear that is very far away from you will still be able to hear the, the foreign noise of a jingle and be like, oh, that's mm. not right, and move away. So, but we were, we were like really close, so it doesn't make any sense. If I, even if I was like ringing a little bear bell, like, ee, go away, uh, it wouldn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the worrying thing, isn't it? If uh, if you that that's part of why it is so traumatic as well. Imagine because you you can't pinpoint it on something that you can then change to then feel confident in the future. Um, now, something Dimmy asked. She uh, she ran into a bear in her home country. She's Bulgarian, and she she climbed over a wire fence and. The next day, she'd noticed that, like a bunch of her hair had gone white. So she was wondering whether you've kind of had, you've noticed any physical changes since, and and whether you've kind of adopted 
any habits now to try and help with the trauma or to try and get you through the the situation um <laughs> this is so weird but um i when i was in the hospital a friend had sent me a stuffed animal a bunny and i don't know what kind of attachment i gained towards that but I wouldn't leave the house without it in my purse or my backpack or with like with me or sleep without it. It would just always be there. People would be looking at me like it would be sitting in like the passenger seat with me. People would be like, what the heck? And I do not like I can't explain it. I just felt like it was like a like a safety kind of thing. Like if it was with mm. me, it was safe. But that was just like one way that I was like, OK, new way of coping. But my mom was like my mom my sister asked my mom like is this okay and she's like yeah i mean it's not hurting anyone but i was just some weird like <laughs> weird thing that i ended up doing and do you still have it with you now or do you still carry it everywhere um i don't carry it with me everywhere but if i feel like sometimes if i feel anxious i unconsciously just like i was like okay just put it in my backpack mm. as if it was like my phone or my wallet but mm. no i don't i don't feel the need to like take it with me to class now um, I mean, it, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Have you, have you got any other questions, JD? No, I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's just one of those things where, like we we're saying, like it's the the headline of it sounds really enticing, but when you really find out like the, the kind of trauma that's gone behind it, and and how how it's you know affected you. I mean, like do you, do you have any idea at this stage how you know how long it, it may be before you think you can get back to some semblance of, you know, feeling, feeling comfortable again, um, you know, maybe running in the woods or maybe just doing the same things that you did before. Do you think, or do, or do you think that that's, it's just too early to say? I think, I mean, I, I live, I live in a place that, um, woods is a huge part of my, my being. And I just think it's, it is too early to say about how long this is going to last. Did you? I mean, did you ever? Did you ever think about moving or anything else like that? Do, you know, because they say it's so tethered to where you are. Mm. Was there ever a thought of, yeah, I just got to get out of here and go somewhere completely, completely different? So, my my family was already thinking about moving out of our town because, like I said, it's in the middle of nowhere and the nearest hospital, and everything is an hour away, just mm. to get like a better, um, like it's a better place to live and I guess like this definitely intensified the need that we need to like chop chop like let's go yeah um kind of thing yeah so we're thinking like Boston area which is Boston Massachusetts it's like a city like not nothing even close to where I live now well um thank you so much for coming on the podcast and and sharing your story so honestly it it does sound um bizarrely perversely that actually in in the future this could be a positive of sorts because of the way it's reframed your view on your relationship with food your relationship with your community um though we just wish you all the best in terms of uh you know returning your life back to the normality normality 
and with your relationship with the woods and also with running. So um, thank you so much. And if there's anything we can do to help you in the future, please let us know. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you speaking to me without trying to, like you said, like the clickbaitiness. And I really um, thank you again. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Thanks, Rachel. Oh, wowzers. Do you know what they remind me of? That remind me of the um, one we did with... The Kent? No. No. We crawled, crawled out of the... Yeah, not that. It reminded me of... Oh, I can't remember her name now. Well, uh, in Charlie Webster, yeah. Charlie Webster, remind me of that. Yeah, and and actually, when when I'd been messaging with Rachel before this, when she talked about the fact that she was still, you know, really traumatized by the situation, Charlie's now done an amazing TED talk where she talks about her PTSD and yeah. how. Yeah, and and how it would it, it's the there's, there's definite similarities, and it would be triggered by, you know, tr triggers it, triggers almost a word now that has been cheapened by, um, Woke, by the wokeness. old, yeah, well, by by the alt right trying to um, antagonise people who are, um, you know, annoyed with them, and so there are always oh, that trigger you was actually you know, triggered is a word for a reason and, and Charlie was describing in this TED talk the circumstance where she starts to brush her teeth in the morning and suddenly she's taken back to being in that coma and can you know it's just overwhelmed with that feeling and then it's, it's exactly as Rachel described um yeah so if you know if, if you're listening at home and you've been through a trauma yourself and and this brings out to you truths that you're facing now then I would recommend you look up that TED talk of um, of Charlie Webster's online. It's, and, and even if you're not, it's, it's really, really interesting to understand how PTSD works and how it affects people. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just one of those stories that it's, it's how society is these days, that everything, everything is, is reduced down into the, the smallest terms and everything's sensational, isn't it? And so you, we're so used to hearing stories and never not actually empathizing with the circumstances of the individual because we don't know them that we're, we're just used to being in a, a response that is belittles the, the the actual situation and we deal with it by well we, the way we communicate mostly with friends is by humor so yeah yeah, it's, the thing is, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, that's the same situation can happen to different people. And, you know, and I think when that happens, you know, to sometimes with people who come out of those situations and they mm. kind of, they joke about it and they do all those things. But, you know, sometimes there's that situation whereby they, they're kind of like they're, they're using that humour to cover up that, that trauma mm. and they're pushing it down. And, you know, uh, that's that's just as damaging it's just it's just really it's really it's just it's really difficult the the thing that i always think is very interesting um is the advice that people are given and and i didn't want to actually i didn't want to say this on the on the, on the interview itself because it it sounds like it was it, it, you know as we were talking it was traumatic enough but there's there's almost two aspects to to 
to the to the problem there. Firstly, is you know obviously having a um, being sprung upon the by, by a bear and the trauma of that. But I think of the two things, it feels like it was the almost the sustained hunt of her by the bear, by Rachel, mm. by the bear. That is the thing that really traumatizes her because that was the thing that she, you know, she was saying she was shouting at. And no matter which way she turned and how far she ran, that bear was on her the whole time. And that goes kind of against the whole, you know, use a bear bell. Um, and, you know, bears are more scared of you than you are of them. Mm. And, you know, you just, it's, it's that, that constant sustained pursuit that, that, that must, is the thing that must really, really, you know, cause that long lasting trauma, um, you know, rather than just the shock. Um, because yeah. you know, just the, the idea that someone is coming after you, someone is, you know, an animal or something else is coming after you. That is a, that is a really, really hard thing to deal with. Yeah. And, and I thought we were so wired to, a lot of people still just see injury as being a physical thing. And so then having to deal with all the people who are, who, who for them, it's quite an entertaining story because it is entertaining. Um, if you haven't experienced it and then having to constantly be having to deal with people you don't know, then feeling like they own the story and want to hear about it. And we've seen how vicious running websites can be at, at taking down uh, or accusing runners of not achieving things. And it's, it's, it's really terrible to think that that, because there is a, you, you can understand if they feel that someone hasn't claimed, you know, hasn't earned a race win or a PB that they don't hold back in trying to, bring that person to account or accuse them because they see themselves as actually being someone who's putting something right. Whereas when that force of horribleness and um, is directed towards someone who's actually had horrific situation trauma, this it's just, it, you wouldn't be expecting it, I wouldn't think. And then that must really change with how you view society as a whole. Um, yeah yeah that's it it's all you know it's the it's the trauma and then it's the dealing with the people that don't believe you after the trauma it's like it's, it makes me think of like sandy hook and all those all those like school shootings yeah whereas you're like a family or, or all those kids who's been through school shooting and then you have people coming up to you and accusing you of of being paid actors or or something else i mean yeah it's just how publishing your how, house on the internet how, or... yeah how you have the strength to deal with that is incredible it's yeah yeah um yeah i mean as as we said if you've if you've if you've liked this episode or even if you haven't then i would recommend you listen to the charlie webster one because her story is is just incredible and she was she was really good at talking about how she dealt with her situation as well because she ended up in a coma and they were going to be t turning off her machine and and she heard them say that from within a coma that they were going to turn the machine off until her mum overruled them um but yeah other, other episodes we spoke to was it joe who he he fell and broke his leg on trail and had to crawl for 10 hours to to get back 
whatever Joe's surname. Um, or if you want to know more about coyotes, an amazing interview with Rhonda Marie, who had only 8% vision when she was doing the Volstate, Volstate where she was running unsupported for 350 kilometers, is it? Um, unsupported and also unaided and unguided. I, I, I like the way you sold that if you want to know more about coyotes. That's a strange way into that podcast. <laughs> and that was one of her concerns as well, because, yeah, she she was going through coyote country, country also. Um, but, yeah, th- thanks for listening, guys. And let us know what your views are. And I, I don't know what you would feed back on this one, because it's just one of those stories you're like, wow, um, fair play, Rachel. But if, if you've liked this episode, please do review and please do subscribe. Tell your friends. Oh, sorry, are you asking me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if you want to join the discussion, uh, head on over to the Facebook group. Um, just type in Bubble Running Podcast, answer three questions, and you're in. And if there's any stories or people you'd like us to interview in the future, then email me, David, at Bad Boy Running, or you can tag me in a post in the Facebook group, and we'll go out and see if we can get them on the podcast. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you so much, Rachel, and we will see you next time. See you later. Bye, 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 bye. Bye, 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 bye. Baby, come back. Bye, 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 I must admit I was a clone to be messing around. But that doesn't mean that you have to leave town. Come back. Yes, and give me one more try. Cause a love like this should I never, ever die. Come back. Fuck you, buddy.